Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Hey, everybody. What is going on? Today is Thursday. It's the 30th of January, 2020. I am in the mobile studio. I am parked. I do have the engine going, so you may or may not hear some of that stuff. And I've got a little bit of time before I got to go into where I got to go into. So let's go ahead and get our contact info up and posted, and then we will jump in with the rest of the show. If you'd like to contact me, I do have a couple of ways to do that. There is the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. If you would like to record your own audio or send in an email, the address is firearmscafe at protonmail.com. All one word, firearmscafe at protonmail.com. If you go over to the website, you'll find buttons for Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you like the show and would ever consider supporting it financially, there is a donation button at the bottom of the page, and the web address is firearmscafe.com. All right, I think that is enough for our contact stuff. I didn't get any feedback as of yet, although I don't know when I'm going to publish. The last show was pretty long. This show probably won't be as long. So let's do a little bit of kind of follow-up, and then we're what we're going to talk about mainly today, and I don't know how long, again, I'll, I'll go into some of the rants and stuff that I've, that I've been thinking about, but we're going to be mainly talking about politics, and what sort of the two-party system has given us here in this country and what it's given us uh, as, of, uh, as of today's date type stuff. So we'll get into that here in a little bit. But let's do a little bit of follow-up. And we'll start off with some of the feedback that we got, which was all great. So I love getting that feedback. Uh, again, if you want to send in feedback on Facebook, on even on uh, Twitter, something like that, even if it's just a, you, you want to maybe shout out a gun or shout out uh, something you think people might find interesting, that type of thing. Uh, I know with uh, SHOT Show kind of concluding that a lot of the stuff came out that there were some things that I found kind of interesting. Uh, we had talked a little bit, I think, before about HK and having basically their MP5, uh, which they call the SP5 out. Uh, and I think I talked a little bit about some of the clone companies that are out there. And it looks like they're planning on, it's not just going to be like, oh, we released this for one year type thing. I don't know. Probably the way HK will release stuff, at least for the next few years, is they're not going to release them in mass. They're going to and we'll just use an arbitrary number. Let's say they're going to release 
300 of these per year. And again, I have no idea kind of what the number would be, but I, I think they're going to kind of release them in slow numbers because it'll, it'll keep demand. So it'll keep price high. It will keep, um, so they'll be able to kind of get what they, they want for it. They'll get at least probably MSRP and they'll sell what they, they'll sell what they release and they'll sell what they make, that type of thing. So it's not like they're going to be stuck with a bunch of stuff or a bunch of back stock. So with that, uh, having said that, you know, would I ever buy one? Boy, I don't know. When you look at some of the clones, especially if you look at, at Zenith and at, is it PTR or PTS or PTK? I can't remember what the other one was, but it's PT something. Anyway, those were kind of the two major clones. And it seemed that most people thought that those two were kind of the best two. That maybe there are others out there. I don't know. It looks like uh, PSA is going to come out with their version of an MP5 type thing. And it will be substantially cheaper. However, in looking at it, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, it may be that they're, they're going to release kind of their version. And then eventually they'll, they'll make changes and get stuff that'll be closer and closer to an MP5. What, what I saw from the, some of the SHOT Show videos that I watched, it, it looked, I don't know, it looked a little off. Again, I'm no MP5 expert. But anyway, get, we'll, we'll kind of get back to that, and then we'll, we'll jump on some of the more some of the, the uh, Palmetto State Armory stuff that I think is, is very interesting and uh, looks pretty good. So I think if I were going to buy an HK, unless I could get one, you know, maybe for around $2,000 or so. I don't know whether or not I would, hmm. Wait, wait a minute, I gotta, hold on, I gotta check on something here real quick. All right, so I am back, and I think I was talking about, would I, I got, kind of got distracted there, my train of thought went off. Uh, anyway, I, um, I think we were talking about maybe some of those clones, and as far as, you know, what would I want to buy an actual HK for? And I suppose, you know, I, for me, I really wouldn't want to pay more than probably 23 or 2400 meaning if I could maybe get one on the used market, maybe in a few years after the market has become a little bit more saturated with them and somebody buys it. And then they're like, oh, I got buyer's remorse. Oh, I really wish I hadn't bought this. And because they're, because HK has been releasing them, for, and this would be, you know, maybe three or four years in the future, because HK had been releasing them and the market has become a little, there's, there's, it's not as scarce. So then the, what you can get for it as an aftermarket is going to go down because at, at a certain point, the people that have to have them are going to buy them. And then it's going to become a thing of, well, this is the price. And MSRP is now, you know, is still 2,700, but you can buy one for 24 brand new. So that means maybe you're going to have to, uh, if you're going to try and sell yours, nobody's going to buy it from you for $2,400 if they can get their own brand new. And so maybe you could get one for 2022, maybe if you got a smoking deal on one for maybe 2000 or something like that. You know, when you look at some of these clone things, the amount of stuff that you're getting, 
a lot of times they're coming with a with a pistol brace and all that stuff so you could look at something like zenith you could look at that ptr or whatever it is or ptk i can't like i said i can't remember off the top of my head what the actual initials were for that company but when you look at stuff supposedly with that pt and supposedly with the zenith they are using they have um they've been licensed through hk and so they are using the same type of equipment they are using all the machinery they have the tooling they have the specs they have all that stuff so that and you say well why would hk do that well in the past they did that because hk still makes money you know those those people are paying them a percentage of of um probably on each gun so they say oh you can make and again we'll just throw out an arbitrary number you can make a thousand of these guns or you know and and we get and your license is for those thousand and your license costs x amount so we get that money up front that type of thing i'm not sure that's how they do it that's probably how i would do it if i was hk or they may say you can make as many guns as you want but we get x amount per gun so again it doesn't it's to hk it's basically just free money so anyway having said that i if i were gonna maybe get one now i would probably look at maybe the zenith some of the other stuff i don't know there there has been and i don't know if it was maybe just a this one guy's experience that he had with it he had he had bought i think it was the the pt version and he had problems with it running it suppressed and of course a lot of people if you're going to buy that hk it comes with a, a a threaded adapter you know it comes with that trilog adapter and the threaded thing and so what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to run it suppressed which the hk is designed to do and it looks like a couple of these other ones maybe eh, you might have some problems with it certain type of things are saying oh there's this break-in period with the with the pt and it looks like the other one with with zenith i didn't really from the research that i could do i didn't really find anything as far as people saying don't shoot it suppressed now again this is all a little bit sort of kind of an academic exercise for me because i i have i still have my and i still you know what i still need to put that video out i still need to edit it i've got all a lot of the footage i need to do a quick video on me going out and kind of working some of the bugs out of my my ar9 pistol and i thought that i would have it up but i just haven't had the time to sit down and, and kind of do the video editing what well, with one to you know put stuff out and all that other kind of stuff get some of the shows out and get the, kind of those things going on a more regular basis so anyway i got it to where mine was running pretty good and so for me because i have an ar we'll call it i guess an ar type an ar9 pistol I can run optics on it. You know, I've got the pick rail on the top uh, on my forend. I've got, um, they are the M-lock stuff, so I can put any accessories on there. I've got an AR lower. Oh, did I tell you guys? One of the things that I'm, I'm going to want to do, and I'll, I'll do a little bit of the story of it. So with that, my AR-9, I've got the Foxtrot mic upper. And then on my Air 9 pistol. And I've got a 
that I'm running the testing on, I've got another, I've got a pistol lower, and then I've also building another pistol lower that will be 100% dedicated as the AR9. So I've got another AR lower that I'm building out for that. So, and the reason I want to do that is because I don't, I know you can switch stuff around, but basically I want to kind of get that AR9 tuned up and get all the bugs ironed out of it and then that just stays that way it's dedicated i don't really put any other uppers on it i don't do anything like that because i've got that stern defense magwell that goes in so once i get it to where it's locked in and it's good to go i don't want to mess with it i don't want to do anything that's gonna uh, again we talk about sort of stacking some of those tolerances because i'm using a foxtrot mic upper a different lower the stern defense magwell adapter so i'm i'm marrying a bunch of things and then i'm using you know glock mag so and again supposedly oh that's you know that's for that but you know i've already had to do some stuff some modifications uh to the ejector to get it to run okay so uh, and, and again i i may have to do a little bit more modifications when i go from pistol lower a to pistol lower b and we'll see and i'll let you guys know on that but since I sort of already, like I was saying, I already have mine, and the the other pistol lower, I'm gonna, I may start looking into some of the short barreled, short barreled uppers for for AR, just to kind of see what I like, and then, you know, kind of do it that way, or I'm, you know, I may keep it as a backup thing, because again, well, I'm not gonna rehash all this old stuff about, you know, you can have. Uh, the, a pistol can have any length barrel you want. There are some other restrictions, but uh, like I said, I'm not going to go uh, too far into that. But the point of saying, oh, but anyway, I, I, what I was going to get to on that is on the secondary build. So on the first, on the on on pistol lower A, what I have is the regular mag release. And the way that the stern defense thing works is you you click that in, uh, and technically, if your if your muscle memory is telling you oh, hit that mag release because you're you're so used to doing the AR, in theory you may dislodge your that stern defense. You know it may make it come down just a little bit to where oh it's not going to feed properly or maybe you don't realize that you did it, so. And you, and you may have uh, problems with feeding. You may have problems with it uh, ejecting properly. It may the 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 magwell adapter may come out all the way, type thing, which you don't want to have happen. So the, also the 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 stern release has a there the way that you do the mag release is you've got kind of a like a push in lever toward the bottom, and um, you'll see sort of in some of the the video when I when I get it all put together you'll see kind of how that stuff works but when I was thinking about doing mag changes one of the things that I thought about was you sort of treat it almost like that mp5 thing and where it's a, you treat it maybe as a lever and so for a uh, for a mag change what I would do and what I was working out instead of using my right hand to try and use my finger to you know come and push that lever in I found that if I reach up with my left hand and come up underneath I can grab onto I can grab onto that Glock stick mag uh, and usually I was using the, the the 33 rounders I could sort of grab around it and then use my thumb 
And as my thumb comes around the right side of that magazine, so if we're looking forward down range, that's where that, that mag releases. It's on the right side. And you can kind of come up and use your thumb and press it and then pull down. So, and you, you take it and pull it down. Now, you can also still do, you know, use your right hand and try and get it to where it drops free and you have more of the of a AR type reload. Then you shove your, your you've got your open bolt, you shove, your, excuse me, you sho shove, there we go. You shove that mag in and then you can, you know, hit the paddle release. Uh, the bolt release and kind of go forward from there so or you do it more again like that like an mp5 or an ak reload where it, it's a little bit slower but it's not going to be much slower so anyway what i did is i thought i was thinking about well hmm, well, if i don't want to accidentally do this accidentally hit that mag release and maybe eject the and maybe eject the um the magwell adapter Maybe what I can do is, even if I, I need to do something where it renders that mag release sort of inert, so to speak. So I thought, oh, you know what? And they have those, <clears throat> excuse me, they have those California compliant. Sorry about that. I had to clear my throat there a little bit. Anyway, they have those California compliant bullet buttons. And I thought, oh, what, what that would do is if, I had a, uh, let's say I was, you know, running some drills or doing what or just goofing around with it. And I kind of am doing the AR thing where I'm, I'm wanting to tap that button. I thought, well, if I get one of those bullet button mag releases, what I'll be able to do is sort of render it to where I can't accidentally eject the, um, the mag release. And if, and it's, it's still a thing too, if I want to, take it out, meaning if I want to take the the Magwell adapter, the Stern Defense adapter, if I want to take it out, I can just, you know, I can just use the, a bullet and uh, pop it right out. And if I was wanting to use it as, let's say if I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, I want to dead make this, you know, I don't like the AR9 platform anymore, and so I'm going to sell off everything, and, I, and what I want to do is I could take that adapter out, I could get rid of the upper, and then I've got, I've still got a pistol lower, which I could use as a regular AR. Or if, or if, for instance, maybe I want to, uh, like those endo mags that I was talking about. If I want to, I'm gonna still gonna try one of those. But let's say that I want to do that, I can, just for the the sake of you know maybe running it through the range or something like that, I can just use a. a a bullet button or a little tool to do that or again to to change out that mag release to just a normal one is super easy it, it takes what three minutes maybe tops to do that so it's, it's not that big a deal but i thought maybe that bullet button would be a way where it would be sort of a um what do they used to call them like the oh what what the heck an idiot strap like on your <laughs> on your on your when you have like gloves and stuff and you've got a little you basically have the little clips on your gloves so you don't lose them or like a dummy cord that type of thing you know uh, and so I thought well this would act as maybe as my idiot strap and would prevent me from doing that so what I did is I looked around and it's kind of hard to find them and partially because 
in some of these states where that bullet button, what they, they keep kind of pushing forward so that people were able to get around, you know, having a fixed mag thing by saying, oh, you have to use a tool. So that's where the bullet button came from. And there's, there's actual bulletbutton.com. So I, I went and I ordered it. And then for whatever reason, it didn't go through. And it's not like, oh, I don't know how to order stuff online. I've been, you know, I do that all the time. So I ordered it from bulletbutton.com. And then a couple of weeks, a week or so went by and I didn't get any, I didn't get it in the mail and uh, I didn't get any tracking information or anything like that from them. So I emailed them and I said, well, hey, I, I've looked on, uh, on PayPal who I ordered it through, you know, used it to pay for and I don't see any transactions. So I wanted to make sure that maybe you didn't accept it or anything like that. But for whatever reason, and I think it wasn't, I think it was their website didn't, it didn't process the order or it kicked it out or it did something. So they said, well, we don't have anything. And so I said, okay, I'll go in and I'll reorder. Well, I go in and I try and reorder and it won't accept. It says my email isn't valid. It says my phone number isn't valid, that they're not valid stuff. And I'm like, what, what is going on? And I kind of wanted to order it from this company because part of it was, well, oh, I can maybe support these guys with, you know, a little bit of money and it, it, you know, they're, they're trying to do stuff to help people that are in these kind of draconian states where they have these draconian laws. And I tried like three or four times to do it. And I, at the end of the day, I'm just saying, well, the heck with this. I, I'll just order it from somewhere else. So in trying to search for it, you know, you see a lot of articles about the bullet button and then you see a lot of articles about saying, okay, well, this is the new thing that we can use to try and get around stuff. I think because that bullet button maybe not is not valid in a lot of places, they're maybe you're going to, once they sell stuff off, they're not going to use it anymore or not going to have them around. So I ended up going through, I looked on Brownells. They just had a video about it. They didn't have anything in stock that I could find. I finally went to Midway USA and ordered it from them. And unfortunately I had to sort of just cancel out my order for, for the bulletbutton.com people. Like I said, I would have done it, but they've, they've made it so onerous that it's like, it's not worth the frustration that you get when it's like, you know, you've got to be kidding me. How come I can order it from these other little small vendors and know it's no problem, but on yours, I'm having a problem. So anyway, that is going to be my solution. And I actually thought too, all that bullet button really is, is it's a, um, your, your mag release button, for those of you guys maybe that don't know, is what? Maybe about a quarter inch thick and it's threaded. This other one is, is threaded, but it's just longer. So what it does is it kind of bottoms out on the receiver to where it won't let you do it. But what you can do is by using, uh, if you're familiar with how, uh, how it works, is you're basically pushing, pushing the actual threaded portion of, of the mag release, you're not necessarily pushing that button. So basically all it does is it goes in and it blocks it out from moving. It's just a longer piece. So instead of being, let's say a quarter inch, it's maybe an inch and a half or what, you know, whatever the, the spec is going to be so that if you actually were to push it, it bottoms out on the other side of the receiver. So it can't, it can't move. So 
and I and I actually had thought too. Well, if all you're doing is blocking that, you could probably rig something up, maybe using washers or something, because all you're doing, and you know, you could shape them with a grinder. You could shape the washers, and if you had a welder, you could weld them and probably make your own. Uh, but again, the cost of it, it's only like you know. 10 12 dollars or something like that even with and i think with shipping it i think i paid like 15 bucks or something like that uh, again for me i think it's you know maybe that's some people are saying ah you're going a little too far for that type of thing or you don't really need to do it but uh, i thought ah you know what i'll uh, uh for me this is something that i that i uh, i think would be a good solution to maybe uh, again it it sort of prevents me from doing something that i don't want to do because it makes it to where i can't engage that particular function so and it and it's also something that doesn't affect long term the lower it's just a part that you're putting in all right well i think i've rambled on long enough uh, about that stuff but let me let me know what you guys think about kind of using that bullet button if you're going to do something like that if you're going to go with that type of an adapter uh, the stern defense adapter and there's other there's other adapters that are out there that are magwell adapters uh, as opposed to going with a dedicated lower uh, and I think I talked about before, we'll ramble on a little bit more. I think I talked about before that the main reason that I didn't go with a dedicated lower was because a lot of them, you know, I could have got something like a, a CMMG. I could have got something, you know, uh, like some of the other things, like an Angstead Arms. But at the time, they were way more money than what I wanted to spend on it. Uh, so I could get, I could get kind of my whole setup for easily, depending on where I was buying it from at the time, probably at a minimum half, half the cost because I'm doing it myself. And in some cases, probably close to a third because I think, and a third may be stretching it a little bit, but again, you know, with getting some parts on sale and stuff like that, I could I could get it down to where I could get it for probably about a third of the cost of buying something like an Angstead Arms, of buying something like the CMMG, uh, their Banshee or whatever they were calling it at the time. So anyway, when I get back, we will talk about, I am actually going back to the range today with my aunt. I told you that we had shot the MMP uh, shield ez in nine millimeter and i said well i think what you should do is also shoot it in the 380 and see what you think about that so we're going to do that so uh, later today i will let you guys know kind of how that went what she thought of, excuse me what she thought about that and i also have maybe another suggestion that may be a little wacky but i'm going to suggest it to her and i'll i'll uh leave you guys as a uh, what do they call it a uh, cliffhanger or a a little teaser there i guess for you so i will be back hopefully it will be today and it won't be a couple of days from now we'll see sometimes it doesn't uh, it doesn't work out that way all right i will talk to you guys in just a second back and I just got done at the range with my aunt and today we had rented the shield the MMP shield 380 easy 
Now, last time when we went, we shot the shield nine millimeter easy, uh, the M and P version. So, and that one had a external safety as well as the, I guess you'd call it like the, the grip safety, squeeze safety, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, one of the observations I made last time was that, well, I guess before I do that, let's jump in with how it went today and then we'll kind of do, we'll, we'll do a little bit of comparison stuff. So we shot that little 380 and I have to say, I was very impressed with it. It is a uh, handy little gun. It is very easy to rack. It is very controllable. I had just my regular old glasses on, which for me means that the, the sights are kind of blurred out. I can't really see them because my, and, and I have, uh, I've talked about before that I have progressive. So on my lenses, I have a, uh, setting, well, a grind, I guess I should say for distance and then for middle and then for reading type stuff. So I probably could have seen the sights, but then I would have had to, you know, lift my head up to where it's in that more the reading or the that middle part, you know, where I could get a, a, a clearer sight picture. But I figured, eh, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll shoot it this way. And it gives me a little bit of experience of, okay, well, if, if I had to shoot just using iron sights with a firearm, how is that going to work for me? And at least in the range where I've got a little bit of time, you can do pretty well. Uh, at least I, I found that I did okay. And we only had the target at, uh, did we, I think we did 15 feet is what, what we did. So, uh, you know, relatively, you know, what is that, five yards? So relatively close in. However, one of the reasons that I wanted to do it a little closer this time is I wanted my aunt to gain a little bit more confidence and that type of stuff. So anyway... I thought, and oh, and this gun does did not have the thumb safety, the external thumb safety, so similar to like a 1911. I thought that 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 she shot the gun better. I think she handled the recoil better. I think that there were a couple of things going on in that she's becoming a little bit more comfortable, but she took instruction well. She worked on the grip. One of the things that we found by kind of watching what she was doing is that she wasn't, when she would go to the two-handed grip, what would happen is, is, is that her left hand, so she's got her, her right hand is her primary hand. And when she would go to do the two-handed grip, her left hand would sort of push her right hand back just enough to where that wouldn't engage. So we, we did some dry fire. We practiced on the grip and the squeeze and all that type of stuff. And we shot about like 50 rounds, you know, through a range gun today. Uh, but again, I, I'm pretty impressed with that little 380. The, the only thing I would like to see them do is maybe go to more of a, I don't know. I am still not a big fan of that grip safety. Because I have seen it, and this is the second time now, with the same person, that if they're not pretty familiar 
with that grip safety when they when they go to handle the gun if they're doing it a little bit kind of with with kid gloves so to speak is you can disengage that that squeeze safety and i know you know when you look at reviews online and some videos on youtube or gunstreamer things like that a lot of people sort of discount that and that's because a lot of people doing that are they're younger they're either uh, let's say let's say they're even my age and a little bit younger, but they're they're big strong dudes, where that's not really going to be an issue, and they have a lot of experience. And I didn't see a whole lot. What I haven't seen on YouTube is a whole lot of people who this gun was you know quote unquote designed for. I haven't seen a lot of those people shooting it and saying, okay, well this is my my experience and here's my comments here's what i thought was good about it here's what i thought was bad about it now i will say this that the squeeze grip issue is uh, i think more an issue of training and familiarity and uh, oh real real quick you guys may i am parked again so i'm in the mobile studio and you guys may hear traffic going by so if you hear that that's what that is so anyway I think that the more she kind of shoots and the more that she familiarizes herself with it, that stuff will become a non-issue. So, you know, she probably shot, oh, I, I think I maybe shot uh, 10 rounds maybe total. I don't know if I shot that much. And then she, she, she shot the other 40. And we did things where we, like I was saying before, we did dry fire and then I would have her load a couple, one or two rounds in the magazine. We practiced manipulating the slide. We, you know, did all sorts of stuff, worked on that, worked a little bit on stance, not a whole lot. What can happen is, is you start to overwhelm the person. At least in my experience, this is what I've found when I've tried to help people with shooting, is that if you say, okay, grip the gun this way, okay, stand this way, hold it this way, you know, do this way, do this, do that, do that, wrap it, blah, blah, blah. And it becomes sort of information overload for them. So that if you concentrate on, hey, let's let's think about how we're what the sight picture we should have and how we should hold the gun. The rest of the stuff will will come a little bit later. We're not gonna care about where you hit on the paper. We're not gonna care about if you don't even hit the target at all. It's not that big a deal. All we're doing is doing familiar familiarization. There we go. So anyway. Let's do a little bit of the comparison with the 380 versus the 9mm. So the 9mm is a tiny bit harder to rack. It's a tiny bit harder to load the mags. It's a tiny bit harder to control. And for her, realistically, basically as a, you know, not a brand new shooter, but as a very new shooter, I saw enough of the difference between the 380 and the 9mm. So where if you were an older person, I think that that would probably be a much easier first experience to have. It wasn't that she couldn't shoot the 9mm at all or handle it, but again, when, when I'm observing what she's doing, because I'm not looking at the target, I'm, I'm watching what she's doing, and I'm seeing how she holds the gun and when she when she fires the gun what it's what the recoil is doing in her hand 100% she no question about it she shot the 380 better she controlled the 380 better is part of that that she's getting a little bit familiar maybe with more of the manual of arms of the firearm 
you know, because and then we don't have to worry about the external safety. We don't have to you know worry about some of this other stuff, probably. Uh, but I do think that it is it is that factor of being a little bit easier that helps you maintain it. So again, for me, uh, some of the stuff that I didn't like about the nine. Uh, I didn't like the fact that this particular one had the thumb safety, which you could get rid of. That's not a big deal. I did think that the magazine and the slide were just a little bit different. I noticed she had a much better time, like I said before. I know I'm kind of repeating myself here a little bit. But uh, I guess the most important thing is, well, what did she feel? What was her opinion? And I think her opinion, I think she actually likes the little 380 better. Now, I, it does hold eight rounds, and that would probably be more than what she would need. She has expressed that she may want to carry it occasionally. Uh, in Arizona, you do not need a concealed carry permit to carry concealed here. I think it's a good idea to get one because it does cover you uh, at least in the state, it lets you go a little bit more places. Also, if you were to go out of state to some of our neighboring states where our, uh, our permit is recognized, it's a, it's a thing where you could take it with you, that type of deal. But that's a kind of a, another subject for another day. So I think she has decided that what she wants to get is the, the 380 version, so the, the 380EZ. If, though, she continues to have problems with it, with that squeeze safety, um, I, I don't know. I don't think that she will. I think that over time, if, and as long as she goes, and, and even if she just went once a month down to the range and shot that thing, which she's, you know, would be no problem for her uh, to do something like that, I think, again, she would, she'd be fine. And I do think it is a good gun for somebody if they're willing to train with it a little bit. It's a good, it's a good gun. Um, I think that, and when she and I talked about it to do uh, today as well, is I think that as she has more and more familiarity with that particular platform, it's still a semi-auto pistol. So how you operate it, how it functions is going to be very, very similar to a Glock to other Smith & Wessons, to Springfields, to Rugers, you know, all, all that type of stuff. So it's not that it's it's light years out of, of anything that she would do. And what we talked about is, well, as time goes on and as you become more familiar and more confident and you understand stuff more and things become more sort of intuitive to you, you may want to go maybe with a 9mm easy. She'd also talked about that she had looked a while back at the Performance Center version. Uh, Smith & Wesson has a Performance Center where they can kind of soup the gun up for you a little bit. And it comes with, I think, I don't know if it comes with the RMR, if you can order a Trigicon with it, or if you can get it cut for different stuff, or if they have what they've got. I'd have to actually look that thing up and I may take a quick break and, and look that stuff up here on the phone real quick and kind of see what that is. Uh, she is fortunate in that her and my uncle, you know, made good life choices along the way and had great educations and worked 
you know, really well-paying jobs and all that type of stuff, she can afford pretty much anything she wants. If she wanted to, she could buy that, uh, what is it, that Largo Alien, that gun, without batting an eye. Wouldn't mean anything. No problem. Could, could plop down 5K on a gun. Wouldn't matter at all. So she is in a position where she is very, very fortunate. And again, through, through uh, her and my uncles, it's through their own hard work and, and the choices that they made. So I don't know if I, fortunate is maybe the right word, but they've, they've got enough money to where the price of a gun isn't necessarily a, a huge deciding factor for them. The price for a gun for me, because I am super cheap, is a, a bit of a factor for me. Uh, also, because I know that, well, some of the, the enhancements or performance enhancements that come from other guns. So, again, that, that uh, I think it's Largo. I, maybe I said it wrong. That Alien gun. I think it's Largo Alien, something like that. Five grand. Is that gun that much of a game changer to warrant that price? And for somebody like me, the answer is no. I'd rather buy, you know, a Glock or another HK or, you know, something like that, that I can run pretty much all day, every day. So anyway, another thing that I talked to her about. So, uh, well, before we get on that. So she, she was thinking about ordering the performance center gun. Or she was thinking about maybe getting one and then having it milled to the specific RMR. I don't know if she wants to specifically get an RMR. I don't know if she maybe wants to look at a Holosun. I don't know if she wants to look at... I don't have any experience with a Holosun other than seeing them kind of at a, at a store type thing. Uh, I, don't, um, I don't have any, again, other than seeing it at a store with a Delta Point Pro. I haven't been able to shoot one, so I don't know how those things would work. I know that there is a, uh, they're coming out with some kind of a mini and I can't remember who was doing it, but it's a smaller, narrower, uh, red dot type site for a pistol. So I don't know. I think probably one of the reasons I was thinking about the Holosun is I think you get a little bit bigger window and people say, oh, it's not going to be as tough. It could, you know, blah, if you drop it, this, that, and thing. She's not out there kicking indoors. She's not in a combat zone. She's, you know, she's not running and gunning in competitions. Uh, and, and even if she, let's say if she went with a Delta Point Pro or a Holosun and she dropped it and it shattered, she's just buying another one. She don't care. Uh, so, you know, sometimes some of the reasons, especially when somebody like me or some other people out there, maybe they're on more of a, a, a limited budget or they're just cheap like me, they, they want to say, well, if I am buying this amount of, of optic for this price, I, I, I want it to you know, be as rugged as possible. And, and if I do drop it, have every chance of it surviving, that type of thing. Oh, you know, another thing, I wonder, is it the SRO that Trijicon makes that is more similar? It's got the rounded thing as opposed to the little U-shaped deal, the little rabbit ears that they have. I think that's it. I think it's SRO. That might be a, a version for it too. The only thing is, is that the slide is a little bit, a little bit more narrow um, on that easy on the 380 easy. But it's a handy little gun. I like I said, I really, I really like that thing. Um, again, the only, 
negative thing I can say is with that grip safety. Because like I said before, I've seen it on the two rain sessions happen a couple of times. Today I saw it a couple of times. And then I saw it a bunch of times on our first one where she her she wasn't gripping the gun hard enough to depress that thing or when her other hand would come up it would kind of push it off. So, you know, the the thing that they say of oh it's intuitive, you don't have to worry about it again. That's really the only kind of the only uh, sort of downside that I would see to that thing. So let's talk about the other thing that I spoke with her about. Now, you guys know, and I, I think I was talking a little bit earlier about the MP5 and about my, uh, again, we'll call it the PCC, my 9mm that I'm, uh, that I'm using, that I've got. And... I talked to her about doing something like that. Maybe looking at one of the, the SIG, was it MPX, the CZ Scorpion, you know, some of those things where I said, you know, you can you can build something, you can get a complete thing from Angstead Arms, from CMMG, from uh, Foxtrot Mike even makes a whole type of thing that's a pistol that you that can come with a brace. And, and uh, without, I explained a little bit about the kind of the brace stock and the short barrel rifle whole stuff and she was just kind of shaking her head. You know, with that, a kind of the lunacy of that type of thing. But she didn't, I didn't know whether or not that the idea of if you have, if you have something like this, like why do you, or what is your goals in getting a gun? And her, her main goals was, oh, they're kind of cool. And the, but the main thing is I want it for self-protection. I want it for self-protection. She, uh, she exercises a lot, rides a bike and stuff like that. So she's out in the community a lot. So she wanted to be able to maybe have something to where if something did go amiss, that she would at least have some options. You know, she would have the ability to, you know, to defend herself, that type of thing. And I said, well, if, and, and then she's also, well, I can own more than one gun. I don't have to, you know, one gun doesn't have to do everything for me. I can have different guns that fill different roles is what we were kind of talking to toward the end of it, of our conversation. And so what I said was, well, you know, this gives you uh, something like the PCC in pistol form gives you more control, gives you more capacity, gives you, uh, what's, the, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Um, it, it's easier to have repeatable presentation so you can because you're bringing the gun up on your shoulder on your cheek and you've got both hands on the gun you can uh, much more easily replicate that position to where it's almost the same every single time so especially if you're running a red dot optic on there something like again like that holosun with a nice big window and that circle dot then it would allow her if and and also with my uncle, whose eyesight isn't the greatest, who's, you know, um, is having some mobility problems and things like that, to where he would be able to run both platforms as well. One of the things that, oh, you know what, before too, that was one of the, of the, maybe the downsides too of the easy platform is there are only eight rounds. And I understand why they did it. Eight rounds makes the spring easier than even 10. The going with the pistol caliber carbine you have you know again greater capacity 
and she kind of smirked a little bit when I was saying, well, you could, you know, if, if you're going to run one that takes Glock mags, it can hold, you know, at least 30 rounds. And she was kind of like that. And I was like, well, I, you know, we talked a little bit about statistically most shootings, four or five rounds and you're done. And I think the average is like, what, three, something like that. But I do think something like that for home defense, if she wanted something primarily just for in the home, something like that would work for both of them. Because again, even if you, you know, if you were barricaded in your room, you hear something, you know, the door gets kicked in or whatever, and you can, in your bedroom, you can work your way a little bit toward the back or, and, and uh, get your gun up on there. Also, if you're kind of a little nervous getting, the, you know, having both your hands occupied. And again, they don't have children that live with them. They don't have to, there's nobody else that lives in their house that they would have to be in charge of as far as protecting that type of thing. So the main thing would be if they heard like a break-in, what they're going to do is sort of barricade into the bedroom and then call 911. And then anybody that comes through that door, uh, you know, pow, pow, pow. Um, Also, too, you know, you can, it's easier to mount other sort of accessories to those things. Uh, to you know for lights and things like that so uh, i think they may do something maybe i don't know they they may never they may just decide that well the 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 handgun is enough Uh, but for them too something like a shotgun is not gonna is not really gonna work something now could they we were talking about the mp5 earlier could they go ahead and do something like the mp5 probably would they you know, I don't think so. I think there's other things that are out there that can do just as good a job. And I think, what is it? The, uh, oh, who makes it? Is it Angstead Arms? That is coming out with a, with a, uh, was it roller delayed? Similar to an MP5. Is that what they're coming out with? Uh, with a side charging handle and what is it called? M. MDP or something like that. I can't. I can't remember. Maybe, like I said, maybe I'll again take a take a break and look on the look on the phone and look some of this stuff up for you. In fact, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to go ahead and look at maybe the Performance Center stuff, and then look at that Angstead Arms, their new deal. It's supposed to be coming out maybe second quarter of 2020. Who you know? Who knows? Anyway, uh, let me uh, do that here real quick, and I'll jump back on. All right, I think I'm back. I started blabbing, and I don't think I pressed the resume button. So hooray for me. So I get to repeat a bunch of stuff that I just said. Anyway, I'll make it a little bit more concise. I think what I may do is drop a political rant on another show, uh, and I may kind of wrap this one uh, this one up because we're probably going to be right around about an hour or so once I get kind of done blathering on here. So... I wanted to look at the Angstead arm, and it is called the MDP. It is a delay, a roller delayed blowback, and it's going for around 2600 MSRP. Whether that will fetch those prices out in the wild, I don't know. That is something that if they wanted that, though, they'll just get it. The, the price of it isn't, gonna, isn't going to be a barrier to entry for them. Uh, with that, again, they could have... Uh, and primarily my aunt could have more points of contact, would be able to shoulder it, would be able to manage the recoil, would be able to probably stay on target better, all that type of thing. So, and would give her greater capacity, all that kind of jazz. 
again probably she would be looking once she got like a good red dot and stuff like that maybe around like three grand by the time she was all said and done assuming she paid msrp for everything now looking at the smith and wesson performance center stuff i went and looked on their website and it looks like they don't offer any type of a red dot thing she thought that they did she but she was looking at about a month and a half ago or so and what that may have been is she may have just been looking at the regular MMP pistol. I would, she would prefer to have a red dot on there. I know that they're supposedly in the works is kind of a, a smaller type of red dot, a narrower type of red dot type thing. And an advantage to that is, of course, it could help you with racking the slide. Some people say, oh, don't rack off the red dot. Look, it's, you know. You got to do what you got to do. Anyway, I don't think that's any big deal either. Anyway, with that narrower one, there's 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 a couple of things that when I was looking at the pistol, both in the 9mm and in the 380, on the top of the gun, they have got a huge, gigantic, ginormous LCI, which is Loaded Chamber Indicator, and that takes up a lot of real estate on that gun. I think there would be room for something the size of an RMR. You would lose your rear sight, which could, which would be fine. You just uh, could, if you wanted to have a, a front sight, uh, maybe a suppressor sight, height sight, excuse me. And then you could use your RMR, even if it went down, you could use it basically kind of like a ghost string. You just sort of, you know, put that front sight in the center. You train with it to be able to do that so you could do it. One thing I like about having that higher front sight is it gets, um, it allows you to reference that red dot because your eye is already pick, it's easily picking up that front sight post. And if you have it kind of set in there where that that dot with your presentation, those sights are basically helping you out with your presentation, so that you don't have to hunt for the dot. Uh, anyway, I again I don't know if they're with that narrower red dot if you if your window shrinks down to where it makes it kind of like eh i don't want this i don't know if you could do a thing with a regular rmr with a a a certain type of mounting plate and you just sort of live with the fact that it kind of hangs over the side i don't know if once you put a red dot on there because that slide is kind of lightweight and all this other stuff if it may affect it, I don't know. Maybe if at that point you would need to port out the the slide itself to where it sort of weighs the same and sort of you still have sort of the same uh, geometry and physics of the gun to where it operates reliably. Oh, that is another thing with those M&Ps, those EZs, not one malfunction. And these were range guns that were filthy dirty. Uh, the magazines were dirty, had been shot a lot. They loaded up super easy, not one hiccup. So now, granted, we were just shooting range ammo, but, uh, you know, they, they perform flawlessly both times. So anyway, I think I will maybe wrap that stuff up. Uh, another thing I liked, and, and I'll finish this off and then we'll kind of wrap it up here. Another thing I liked about the the Angstead Arms with that MDP as opposed to their... UDP, which they've, they've had out for a while in 9mm, it has more, the UDP has more of an AR type charging handle on the on the front. 
the MDP will have something similar to my Foxtrot mic, which is a side charging handle that you can put on either side. So if you want it to be more AK-like, you can have it on the right. If you want it to be more, let's say, MP5-like, you could have it be on the, uh, on the left. Uh, I kind of prefer it on the left. Well, I, I, and I'll give you one of the reasons why I kind of prefer it on the left. What's nice, because you are dealing with a shorter barrel, and it is a pistol with a brace and everything on there, so you can't have a, a, a vertical foregrip. You can get like a little finger stop thing. Or the way on the Foxtrot mic with your side charging handle, I find that if you, you run your hand up on toward the front of the gun, of the barrel, on your... Um, on your, uh, oh, holy crap, on your hand guard. There we go. <laughs> I'm, I'm fading fast, boys. I'm fading fast. On your hand guard, you run it up there, and your your thumb can kind of rest on that or, or around it. So it, it acts as a, a stop, as a finger stop. So anyway, I will keep you guys informed on what's going on. And uh, you know what? I'll do one more quick break here, which is nothing for you guys, but I'll do one more quick break and see if I can't find that narrow red dot that's made for narrower pistols. So stuff for maybe like the Glock 43 and the Glock 42, that type of thing. So hold on just a second. All right, so I don't know. Maybe I was dreaming about that. The, a smaller red dot, a narrower red dot type thing. Or maybe it was one of these manufacturers that it's it's not like a super high quality for whatever reason. I thought it was something like Holosun or Trijicon that was coming out specifically a red dot for the smaller pistols. The only stuff I could find was that you have adapter plates that allow you to still, like I was saying before, you're just going to put a regular RMR or a Holosun, something like that, like a 50, what is it, 507, something like that that has the same footprint of the Trijicon RMR, you're going to put that, you've got a special adapter plate that has some of those things in it, and then you probably just have something that kind of hangs off the side a little bit. You know, and it, I'm sure it would, you know, it would be stable enough, I guess. I don't know. Something like that. Again, you could probably, you could probably even take it to a machine shop. We had talked a little bit before about maybe going to KE Arms out here that does some milling and things like that. Uh, which some of you guys have heard of from uh, in range when they when they do their videos and stuff. So anyway, let me know what you guys think. Uh, if does anybody have any experience with some of the uh, the easy brands there or the easy line, I guess I should say from Smith and Wesson. And what do you think? Do you, have you had them sort of long term? What do you think of them long term? Uh, as problems arise i haven't really found anything or seen a lot of stuff most people say yeah, the gun's just fine also what do you think of my idea for maybe them as they are a little bit older they're not infirm or anything like that or you know bedridden or anything like that it's just things are getting a little bit harder for them of something like the uh mdp something like an angstead arm something like uh maybe a cmmg banshee something like that you know for an older person again yeah, it's a little heavier, but they're not carrying it around all day. And the idea of when they would use it, they could you could still put a sling on it, stuff like that. Uh, they're not going to have to hold this thing for 
hours at a time, you know, they're going to pick it up and shoot it. And, and if it's a self-defense situation, that situation is probably going to resolve itself within 30 seconds. So anyway, let me know what you guys think. I'd love to hear from you. I am planning on putting this out. Today is Thursday. Hopefully I'll maybe be able to get it edited today, maybe put it out tomorrow or, or this weekend. If I do, I, uh, I may start on my political rants here, uh, which they're going to be probably nothing new. But again, we are we are reaping what we've sown with the two-party system. So I will be talking about some of the impeachment stuff, not necessarily going into detail about it, but also talking about uh, and, and recovering some of the ground that we've covered on... What have they done for us? What what has the the political party that says they're pro-gun, what did they do for us when they had nothing? What is Trump doing, you know, when he goes down to Virginia or he goes and does these rallies and stuff and he says, oh, it's, you know, it's not going to happen under my watch. Well, you know, I'm starting to get under on, on this uh, stuff. and Let's go ahead and draw it to a close. Hey, if you would, li- I'd love to hear from you, like I said, if you would like to contact me, Got the voicemail, 206-745-2731. I also have the email, firearmscafe at protonmail.com. There you can send in an email, or you can send in a, and I'll read it out for you on the show, or you can send in your own audio. Don't worry about the length. If you record your own stuff and, and ship it off to me, I'd be more than happy. I may edit it down if there's a lot of pauses or ums and hums and things like that in there. Generally, if, if it's not too long, I'll go ahead and just let you guys talk. But uh, All right. I will talk to you guys next time. Black coffee, I see trouble. Man, 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 man. I'm not gonna get home. Black coffee, I'm so dizzy. Black coffee, please get dizzy. Oh, 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 oh. Nothing to get home. Black coffee, I'm in trouble. I'm so dizzy. Please get dizzy. Man, 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 man. I'm not gonna get home. I'm in trouble. I'm so dizzy. Please get dizzy. Oh, 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 oh. Now I'm not gonna get home.